Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Clark Hunt, the, the gentleman who, for his family, is the chairman and CEO of the Kansas City Chiefs. It's good to talk to you again, man, and thanks for being on the show. Uh, absolutely. It's my pleasure to be on with you today. So let's start here. Congratulations on a, on a second Super Bowl. Is the second one sweeter than the first, or what's the difference? How's it, how's, how's the, how'd this one feel? You know, it's interesting. I had a lot of people ask me about the difference uh, in the two Super Bowls as we were leading up to the game. And they were different, but also uniquely special. Uh, The first one came at the end of a 50-year drought uh, where the Chiefs hadn't even been back to the Super Bowl. And uh, to win that one after five decades was so special for our family and the organization. This year's was special in its own right, in part because of the disappointment of the last two years. Uh, We lost uh, Super Bowl 55 in Tampa a couple years ago and then failed to get back to the game last year against Cincinnati in the AFC Championship game. Uh, So I think really the team and the coaching staff and everybody in the organization had a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. And so getting back and winning it was very special. Uh, Clark Hunt, the chairman and CEO of the Kansas City Chiefs here here on, on the show. Clark, I was just saying to the audience that 17, I can't believe it was 17 years ago, um, I spent some time with you in Kansas City. I spent some time with you in Dallas when I was a reporter at the Kansas City Star and wrote about your transition to this role as the person that runs as, that runs the Chiefs. And we were just discussing how important ownership is for, for team success or failure in culture. How long did it take you, in retrospect, to get good, to be good at the job of running the Kansas City Chiefs? Well, I, I'm not sure you ever really arrive at that destination. Um, like many jobs, it's always a learning experience, and you're always trying to get better. Uh, certainly along the way, you, you learn a lot of things, <clears throat> and you learn from your mistakes. Um, and, and certainly my first few years, you know, things didn't go well for the Chiefs. We were coming – when I took over the team, we were coming uh, off a period where we had not drafted very well. And that ended up impacting the franchise, and that was one of the lessons I learned was how important building through the draft was for the team. Uh, So I I don't know that I'm good at my job yet, but uh, I'm striving on a daily basis to to try to get better. Clark, because I I lived in Kansas City for so long and my kids were born there, I have a lot of friends from there. I promise they would tell me if they thought you weren't good at your job. It's a different me- – I don't know what the message was 15 years ago. It's a very positive message uh, these days. Clark Hunt here on, here on the show. Obviously, in retrospect, you guys have had massive success, and your decision to hire Andy Reid um, worked out beautifully. And if I get some of these details wrong, please just correct me and remind me. But that wasn't necessarily, it wasn't a guarantee when, when that decision happened many years ago. And in my memory, if I remember this right, Clark, because I had just transitioned out of writing about the Chiefs quite a bit to doing other things and leaving, I think, Kansas City, Scott Pioli, who was once your GM, was still the GM when you interviewed Andy, and then you eventually made the decision to hire Andy Reid. And if I remember right, 
also part ways after the fact or around that time with Scott Pioli. Now, it worked out, but I remember my memory of that is people not being sure, and there's always doubt in sports, and he obviously had had success with the Eagles but hadn't won anything. In retrospect, in trying to overhaul that, that organization's culture and the draft process you noted, how did you know or what did you see to take the leap of faith in hiring Andy Reid that today looks so certain, but back then I think I would argue was, was a question mark? Yeah, you're exactly right. Um, If you go back 10 years ago, there were a lot of questions about whether Andy Reid needed to take some time away from football. He'd had a difficult two years in Philadelphia. Um, He'd had some family issues, um, a tragedy in his family, and a lot of people thought it would be best for him to take some time away uh, from the game. That was one of the things that I was really focused on in my interview with him, and it was very clear after 15 minutes that uh, he was dying to get back into the game. He didn't want to take you know, time away. And I really could feel the energy uh, that he still had and would bring to um, our coaching staff and to our players. And so that all really came across in that, that interview. <clears throat> and you're right about Scott also. Uh, Scott was still, still the general manager at, the, at that time. Um, Andy and I uh, talked about Scott. Andy was a big fan of Scott's. But he just felt that uh, where we were as a franchise would be good to make a clean break. Um, I also had committed to making an organizational change in the structure. Historically, um, for the Chiefs, the owner would hire the general manager, and the general manager would hire the coach. And I committed in going into that 2013 season to change the structure uh, where both the general manager and head coach would report directly to me. Um, so that that was a change, um, and it really just was best for for Scott at that time time to move on, and it ended up working out both for him as well as for the organization. Chiefs Chairman, CEO, and part owner part owner uh, Clark Hunt here on here on on CBS Sports Radio. I'm, I'm a Bill Ryder on Ryder the New. Um, Clark, when I was interviewing you, if I remember the details properly, and, and I was able to spend some time with you. It was right at the time when, when your father was sick, and, and he shortly thereafter, and I think before that story ran, passed away. Obviously, your dad was a mammoth figure in, in football and in sports and in business. Um, that's, a that's a I'm sure, a, a huge opportunity of someone to learn from, and I know that can often be a, a big shadow to, to be under. When you look back at your dad and his influence on you, what were the difficulties, if there were any, in being – Lamar Hunt's son, in terms of being an owner, and what are the things that that he gave to you that have been the most helpful in running this team? Yeah, well, he was certainly a very, very special person, Um, and he was also an amazing uh, figure in the context of professional sports, not only football in the United States, but soccer, basketball, and tennis. Um, He he was involved in all those sports, and he's in uh, three of the Hall of Fames of those sports, which, which is amazing. He was really a, a visionary, um, somebody who brought a lot of innovation to the game, um, had brought the, the Chiefs to Kansas City in 1963 and was very, very well respected. And clearly those were big shoes to fill um, when, when I stepped into the role, but I really committed myself to being my own person <clears throat> and trying to, to do the job the, the best way that I, I saw fit. Um, I did learn a lot of things uh, from my dad, and probably the most important thing I learned from him was the game is really about the fans. A lot of times we, we think you know, the game's about the ownership, the game's about the coaching staff or the players, 
those are all obviously very important uh, to the success of the franchise. But the only reason that any of us who are involved in the sport get to do it is because of the fans. And if you'll just remember that and let that be a, a, a guiding principle, you're going to make a lot of good decisions. How do you keep in touch with that? Are, are you reading media coverage? Like, obviously, when you own an NFL team, you are a very busy person and you sit for, uh, in a perch of, of, of real power and real influence. How does one stay connected with the fans, in this case, of the Kansas City Chiefs? Yeah, yeah. well, uh, you mentioned the media, and the media is actually one of the, the challenges uh, of the position. Um, but, you know, it was probably the biggest challenge for me coming into the role. I had seen the media spotlight on my dad for many years and how he handled that, and he always handled it with respect and humility. But when that, that media spotlight is all of a sudden on you and there's pressure to make uh, decisions and make changes, it's very difficult. I really think the best way to stay connected with the fans is to spend time with them. And it's something I love doing uh, both at training camp and then also throughout the season. Um, I'll go out in the parking lot and tailgate with our fans before the game. Uh, That was something that my dad loved doing, and I used to do it with him. And I've continued the the tradition, and, of course, it's one of the best parts of attending a game in Kansas City. Uh, Clark Hunt here on on the show, the, the chairman, CEO, and part owner of the Super Bowl championship, Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Clark, we, we didn't see a neutral site conference championship game this year, but we could have. That was obviously a possibility with how some of the games could have gone. That was something your dad, if memory serves, advocated for, and you, 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 you talked about him as a visionary, something he saw as a possibility. How do you feel about the idea of a of a neutral site conference championship game down the line for the NFL? <clears throat> yeah, that that discussion uh, was rekindled by what happened this year with the, the Buffalo and uh, Cincinnati game having to be canceled and uh, it could have happened and it didn't happen and I'll say I definitely bring a biased perspective uh, to the conversation uh, notwithstanding the fact that my dad was a proponent of the idea uh, we've been blessed to host five straight AFC championship games in Kansas City and I've seen firsthand the power of those games and how our fans embrace that moment and the the three times that we've won the the AFC championship and received the Lamar Hunt trophy getting to do that in front of our fans is so special uh so it's it's one of the few things where where I have a different perspective than my dad I I think letting the the team that earns it uh, get to host that game makes the most sense I, uh, Clark Hunt here on here on the show. So, so Clark, my my kids, um, my daughter Madeline is thirteen, my son Henry is ten. They were born in Kansas City, and they know that. And we have Lori, my wife, and I have roots there, and we love the city. But my son, who's ten now, left when he was one. And yet, this morning when I went to kiss him goodbye on my way to radio, he still had his Patrick Mahomes jersey on, a jersey I promise you we cannot get off his back. I don't think it's been washed in three weeks. I apologize to his teachers. It's. It's amazing the impact. I mean, you know this. Mahomes isn't just a remarkable talent. He is, in many ways, the Michael Jordan of, of American sports, maybe all sports right now. I know it's a little bit of both, but if you had to, if you had to be honest, in, in, in landing Patrick Mahomes and the massive talent that he is, and it seems like the, the human being that he is, would you chalk that up more to the organizational and recruiting and scouting excellence of your team, which I'm not doubting, or does that level of greatness also just come come down to luck? Which one is the is the bigger factor in that kind of a generational talent, obviously being at the forefront of all the success you guys have had in Kansas City? Yeah, well, I, I think I would certainly give the credit uh, to our general manager, Brett Veach, uh, and his staff. And uh, Brett 
uh, was uh, in charge of our scouting department when we drafted uh, Patrick, and he got on Patrick uh, as a top prospect the year before and pestered Andy about him almost on a daily basis, where Andy finally got to the point, I've seen enough tape, I get it, I get it. And um, um, he, he worked with our GM at the time, John Dorsey, the engineer trade, where we moved from the 27th position to the 10th to take him. We knew there were teams in the 11th, 12th, and 13th picks in the draft who, who might have wanted him. And so it, it was it was a major organizational win uh, to be able to do that. Um, Brett, when he was asked uh, shortly after we drafted Patrick Mahomes, you know what he thought about him. Brett said, "I think he's the best football player I've ever seen," and that struck me as a very strong statement. But it also told you exactly what he thought about it. Um, so Brett knew knew exactly how great he was going to be, and I think Andy was excited about the opportunity to work with a player who had the talent level that, that Patrick does and what he could do with that in his, his offense. Um, there are a lot of things about Patrick that make him special that go beyond his, his playing ability. Um, he's a tremendous leader. Um, he, he's really an outstanding person, a great spokesperson for, for the franchise. He cares about the community. He gives back to the community treats people with respect. I mean, he's really the entire package, so we're very, very fortunate to have him. Clark Hunt here on the show. I mean, that's high praise, and, and I don't know if you knew Therese, but one of my great friends, the late, great Therese Paler, who, who covered the Chiefs for a long time, I remember Clark on the reporting side. I mean, Therese did not give in to hyperbole ever, and, and he told me that he was going to be one of the great quarterbacks of all time. Based on what you've seen, is it reasonable to start having the conversation about Patrick Mahomes perhaps being the best quarterback of all time when his career ends? Well, I, I think that the, the best of all time is a really you know tough thing to to assess um, because you know as, as the game progresses and you go from generations, uh, the the game changes, um, and there have been incredible quarterbacks you know going back you know fifty, sixty plus years in the National Football League. I do believe that he will be considered one of the greatest uh, of all time and perhaps maybe the most entertaining quarterback to ever play the game. Uh, his, his style of football is really special, and I enjoy traveling around the country and running into people, and they may or may not be Chiefs fans, but one thing they always tell me is is that I have to watch the Chiefs games every weekend because I, I want to see what Mahomes is going to do this week. That is so true. Clark Hunt here on the show. Clark, I know as it relates to the news surrounding Commanders owner Dan Snyder, you can't get into details, and so, but it's obviously it is in the news. For you and for the owners that you talk to, in general terms, but that is the context of this question, what is the line at which you would be willing to move aggressively to remove an owner or, or to at least be very, very aggressive with an owner if you felt like at some point that owner was jeopardizing the brand over the business interests of the National Football League? Yeah, yeah it's not something that we've talked about. Uh, as an ownership group, um, as you're probably aware, uh, the Snyders have, have hired an investment bank to, to look at potentially selling the team. We're not sure where that process is going to sort out. Um, I'm chairman of the finance committee, so at some point that transaction, if it's going to happen, is going to come through the finance committee. Um, we're just going to have to really see how things play out you know, here over the, the next few months. And uh, as I said, we really haven't had any dis discussions about, uh, you know, whether it would be appropriate to remove 
uh, Dan or any owner in the National Football, Football League in the tenure that I've been involved with the league. Clark, if I can circle back a little bit to your success and the decision you made on, on Andy Reid and Scott Pioli and, and just separating, as you noted, the, the infrastructure for, for the Chiefs, what is – if you were giving advice or just explaining – how do you, as the as the decision maker, you are the final decision maker for, for a team in the National Football League, how do you walk that line between giving a GM or a head coach ample time, because we are a win-now society, and, and sort of overriding the outside no, outside noise that can get pretty loud from people like me, versus wasting your time if, if perhaps you have hired the wrong person as an owner of any of these major sports in the country? I think it's one of the most uh, difficult decisions that that an owner has to make um, because I do believe that it takes time for a new coach, a new general manager, uh, to build his program. Uh, and realistically, that can be three or four years. Um, in the, the world that we live in today with social media, um, it's very, very hard to give a coach or GM that much time. Um, but if you really want to make a proper evaluation, you, you need to give them as much time as you possibly can. And ultimately, it ends up being a, a judgment call as to whether you know, you're, you're headed in the right direction. You know, it's awfully hard for even a very good coach to win in the National Football League without a talented quarterback. And so if, you, if you've got a great coach but you don't have the quarterback, you know, do you fire the coach because the team's not being successful? You know, that, that's a tough call to make. Uh, Clark Hunt, you, you are the part owner, chairman, CEO of, of um, the Chiefs, among many other duties that you have. I know you're busy, and so last question for you uh, here on, on, on CBS Sports Radio. And thank you again for, for being on. The next time a, a new owner comes into the NFL, or if a new owner of any sports franchise called you and just asked for a single, the best piece of advice you could give a new NFL owner or new major sports owner about running a team after the years that you've had in charge of the Chiefs, what would that piece of advice be? I would tell them that uh, the sports business is the ultimate uh, people business. Um, your, your assets are, are really your employees, and hiring the right leadership is the key to, to success. And that's not only your head coach and your general manager, but it's uh, the president of your organization. Um, I haven't mentioned him, but we have a great president of the Chiefs in Kansas City, Mark Donovan. Uh, he does a fantastic job, and he's as much a part of the success that we've had as Andy Reid and Brett Veach. Uh, Clark Hunt, I had a pleasure. I can't believe it was 17 years ago. I really enjoyed getting to know you 17 years ago. And, oh, my God, 20 years later, I really enjoyed talking on the radio. Congrats for all your success. Uh, On behalf of Kansas City, on behalf of all my friends there, I know they would want me to say thank you for the success you brought to the town. And and thanks for making time on the show. You didn't have to do it. It was very cool and very gracious of you. Yeah, happy to be on with you today. Thanks, Bill. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 